Um, I want to encourage you tonight to get your Bible out or Bibles out. I'm glad y'all are a church that brings Bibles. And go into the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2. I want to continue on the message Sunday about Jesus being your rock. And uh, I just want to just take some time and, and not try to, you know, just preach. I just want to, I want to get this down in us about Jesus being a rock. You know, there's so many things you've got to watch in life that we just become, oh, I guess the word is, I hate to use it, but sometimes we just become religious. You know, we, we hey, praise God, uh, bless you, uh, God bless you. Uh, we just start saying things and we're not even thinking about what we're saying. Y'all with me? And, and, and it just becomes routine. It becomes, you know, I mean, it's a good habit. It's better than saying bad things, but you know what I'm saying? It just doesn't become... And I know that when I was, when the Lord was giving me that message about the rock, that I began to look at scriptures and I began to laugh at how many times I overlook that he's the rock. You know, I, I just read the scripture and say, you're the rock of my salvation. But I'm not thinking about what it means. He's my rock. He's that impenetrable fortress that I stand in. And uh, so I, I was thinking about the other day, we were, we were talking to my daughter and the grandkids in Hawaii, and uh, I was thinking about this, this amazing thing called a telephone and how that, you know, they're in the middle of nowhere on an island literally out in the ocean, can't even get there without a boat, right? Plane or, you know, you can't, I ain't, I'm not driving there is what my point is. And yet I, I can, if I was, I got to get the timing right, right? Get the five hours or whatever it is, it's a difference. I got to get that timing right. But uh, uh, I can call, text, and then boom, you know, we talk right? But it's not the same as having them all sitting at my table on Sunday dinner. See, I come from this long line of tradition from of Sunday dinner. Sunday noon is special to me because from a little boy, we would go to church. <clears throat> my grandparents would go to the Baptist church. We would go to the Methodist church. And then we would meet in my grandmother's house and have roast and potatoes and rolls and everything after our churches were over. But we didn't go to the same church. <laughs> but it was there every Sunday. And we had family sat around the table and we did that. And that was important to me. And I, I carried that on with my family. And so anyway, so I was, I was sharing this with Laura the other day that how, <clears throat> yes, we talk. Yes, we're there. Yes, we hear their voices. You can FaceTime. You know, it's a little odd to me, FaceTiming. I don't know. It just, just seems odd. But you get to see them. The pictures are sent, you know, the, the, the videos of what's going on. But it's not the same as being there, right? It's, it's still not that reality of touching. We can't have a relationship with Jesus that's just by phone. I mean, it's good that you can call him. Hey, Jesus, I need, you know, this is going on in my life right now. I really like need some patience right now. Can you? Sends them down. Right? But that's, that's distance. It's not... I mean, you can have an intimate conversation, 
but it's not the same as touching, right? Seeing their face. It's different. It's better than nothing. I can't imagine a day where there was no phone at all that you had to write a letter. Can you imagine writing letters and, 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 and waiting and, you know, all the time that it takes and get a letter and then them to sit down and read their letter and then respond back to the letter and then send the letter over and weeks and weeks are going by. And, I mean, that would just be horrible. But to think that we live a life with Jesus when he wants to be as real in our life every day, to truly be our rock every day, that we are not having a distance relationship with him. Right? When you get to that place in your life, then he truly has become your overall rock. See, what we're doing a lot of times is we say, yes, Jesus is my rock, and he's your rock at that moment, at that place in that where you are in time, but then if something happens or something comes about, then you're struggling to say, oh, yeah, uh, and then, oh, oh, okay, then you finally got faith and you're in that part now, okay, you've got a little more of the rock. But I'm talking about where, man, he's, he's just there. He's with you every moment, every second. He never leaves your side. I, I'm amazed when I read the Old Testament and how <clears throat> I was reading over in Joshua where, uh, you know, it's, it's the time going into Judges where, you know, the Joshua's dying and, and then the Judges start rising up. And how quickly just a generation passed and everybody stops serving the Lord. And so I was thinking about that, okay? So I was trying to put that in a perspective, okay? And so it was my father was in the wars, and then it's me, and then it's my son, and by his age, they're already, it's not reality anymore, right? Wouldn't that be a generation, when you say that would be a generation that my father was there and he told me, and, and then already my son's forgotten it? How could that be? How could you have seen the parting of the Red Sea? Moses standing up there. The parting of the Red Sea. And then by the next generation, they're like, I, I kind of like going to church over here. <laughs> they do some wild stuff over there. Right? Taking up the other gods, going with the Canaanites and the, you know, all the Ite families and, and just going over and doing things with them because you just, you know, it's just different. It's hard to believe. For me, it's hard. It's hard to conceive that. But when Jesus is your rock, when everything about him is your rock, well, then when it gets settled down on the inside of you that, that, that you're, you're standing on, you're standing with him, then all of a sudden there's no more distance relationship. It's all about dealing, every, dealing with him. I'm trying to say this right. It makes sense. But you're dealing every day in your life on the rock with him, even though he is the rock. You're standing on the rock. Your confidence is in him. Now, what happens to us is we get to playing around our heads, thinking about what God should do, how he should do it, how he should pull this off, when the lightning strikes should be, and... and uh, 
you know, these things. We get to playing these in our minds, and that's where we get in trouble because you start veering off the rock. Now, let me show you something. 2 Timothy 2.13. <laughs> For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. I'm actually reading 11. I'm sorry. This is a faithful saying. If we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If, if we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Now, just think about this. No matter how weak you get in your faith, no matter how much you could just, just fall off the ladder, all right, just break down and have a temper tantrum laying on your stomach with your hands in your fists, fighting like a little kid, screaming, God, why haven't you done this? No matter how faithless you could get, he's still the rock. He remains faithful. He remains faithful. Okay? He never is going to vary. He's not going to go back on his word. He's not going to change his word. You're not going to get to heaven and find out that he's going to say to you, I I really wasn't going to do that. You're not going to find a promise if he's just saying that's not yes and amen. You all with me? I don't know what that is, but I hope it stays on the other side of the wall. (laughs) Sounds like little people. Y'all can hear that? Sounds like little minions outside drilling holes through the wall over here behind me. So, It's the anointing. Is vibrating the building. See, he's always going to remain faithful. The rock is not going to move. His promises are yes and amen to us, and he's not going to move. He's not going to, no matter where we go, no matter how we falter, no matter what happens to us, no matter where we go, no matter where we go, falter, flop, 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 temper tantrum, temper tantrum, forsake, run around, scream, and we come back, the rock's still going to be there. His promises are still going to be true. His grace is still going to abound. His love is still going to be there. Right? The plan this week, Ephesians 5, verse 1, be an imitator of God. How do you be an imitator of God? Uh, Walk in love. (laughs) It kind of just sums it all up. You want to be an imitator of God? Just walk in love. He's always going to be the rock. He's always going to be in love. He's not going to get mad. If no matter what is in your warped thinking, no matter how much freedom prayer you need, no matter what goes on, God is never, you're never going to come to God and not find a throne, a rock of love. He's still going to be holding his hands out saying, I love you. Come here. I love you. You can be over there wanting and say, God, how can you love me? I've done this. I've done that. I've forsaken you. I've gone on. He's still going to be sitting there saying, I love you. Come here. Or maybe it's the other way around. He, the prodigal son, he comes off the throne and says, I want to give you a hug and a kiss, and you run away and say, oh, why would you want to kiss me? Look away. I'm hideous. I've done too much. And he's like, come here. I love you. That's the rock. We don't want to believe it. See, our minds say he's not that because it didn't go like we thought it should or didn't working out exactly like we should have. We haven't got to call fire down on the village that didn't serve Jesus or didn't, wouldn't let Jesus in, right? Because we think it should have been that way. But he's still faithful. He's still the rock. He's still standing there. He's still right in the middle of it. He's still going forward. He is always there. He's not going to change. No matter how faithless we get, 
He's the rock. So that's the good news because that means if we run off, all we got to do is come back because he's going to still be there, the rock. Right? No matter what we're doing, running to and fro, we stop, look at, oh, the rock's still there. So it said in, in, in the scripture I used Sunday, 1 Corinthians 10, that the rock that followed them, that spiritual rock that they drank from was Jesus, right? The rock followed them. Remember how I told you that, that I was, I've always kind of like, how did that work? Did you see this rock like a big armadillo scurrying to the deal and all of a sudden it was there following them? I don't know how this worked, right? Or was it that, no, they walk and 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 they stop. Okay, we're going to make camp here. Okay, uh, Moses, where's the rock? There's the rock. I mean, it was just there. I don't know. Right? But it did say it followed him. <laughs> I just got to see this when I get to heaven, man. I mean, I just got to see a big old scurrying rock around there. I don't know, man. But it said it followed him. Mother's telling the children, don't worry, that's nothing outside. That's just a rock. <laughs> yeah, what's that wrestling? That's just a rock. Don't worry. You know how when you, you know, hey, you know how you blade, you know, you got to, you're, you're working with a skid steer and you're trying to blade, you know, and you get a rock and then it cuts a ditch in there. That's what they saw. Just fall Everybody said, what was that ditch out there for? It's the rock. I don't know how that can be. You can get on the skid steer, whatever you're trying to blade, and you just have it all thing. You just think it's going to be, and there's one rock that's this big. It gets right in the like, what? Get off and throw the one rock out. Is that right? Well, so maybe that's what it was. It's just a big skid mark going across out there. <laughs> Someday we'll figure it out. Okay, so go to Psalms 112. So look at Psalms 112, and it shows you here what happens when you get hold of the rock, when the, when the, you're, 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 the rock becomes your life, and you become part of the rock. Psalms 112 is, is the Psalms that tells you what happens. Verse 1 it says, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. And I told you all before, but that word blessed, it really truly should have been translated happy. In that sense, it really means happy. Happy is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. Okay, so then he, that person has made him the rock, right? So then what happens when Jesus becomes your rock? Well, your descendants will be mighty on earth. There's an effect that happens by your confidence in Jesus as the rock of your life. And when you make your stand on the rock, it has an effect all about and around you. Okay? So when I think about the the people who saw the parting of the Red Sea, but yet... There it is, the rock that followed. Way to go, Jay. That is it. Is exactly what I was thinking. That is perfect. This little old skid marker is right there, man. That is awesome. So anyway... So the effect of sin on the rock, it has an effect. It goes out from you because of what you're believing. It affects your children, your grandchildren. It affects all those around you. It affects everybody around you because it says your descendants will be mighty on the earth. 
the generation of the upright will be blessed. Then all of a sudden, wealth and riches will be in his house. You know why? You know, this, there's, a, there's a, a lot to say and if you study and you look at wealthy people and you, 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 you see how they got their wealth. A lot of times, one generation, one, one person gets the wealth and then the other generation, they get it and then they distribute it more and they get out and then it makes more and then it just keeps going like this, okay? Well, you can't be around God and not be wealthy. Just think of this. You say, well, I'm not real wealthy. I'm not talking necessarily about financial wealth. Of course, I believe with 100% that's part of it. But I'm talking about the wealth that comes that people want to hear what you have to say. The wealth that comes from a life of stability, a life of standing on the rock, the wealth that comes of knowledge, the wealth that comes of relationships and friendships and understanding of how to do things. Man, there's, there's more things to be wealth than just measured by dollars. But I believe dollars are a part of it. I believe that because you serve God, the Bible says, the windows of heaven open up. It also says the blessings of God will chase you down. Now, I've never stopped in my life and said, guys, quit. Quit chasing me. That's just too much. I don't know that I ever will. I'll say, man, build a bigger storehouse. <clears throat> One of the scriptures I've quoted from the day I became pastor of this church is in the days of Solomon, it said that they gained, they, the tithes and the offerings that the people brought in was so great that they heaped up silver. They couldn't get it in the, in, inside the store, the, the tithe shed anymore. So they piled it up in the back, and it was piled up in heaps. And so I've always prayed that, Lord, I just thank you that Living Water Church is going to be such a blessing, and it's going to be so blessed, and the tithes and offerings are going to come in heaps. We'll go to more banks. We'll, big, we'll do whatever you got to do. Bank, I've just been waiting for the banker to call me. I said, Robert, you got too much money. Got to do something with it. I said, okay, we'll find another one. All right, here we go. Four, unto the upright there rises light in the darkness. <clears throat> okay, so as you're walking, this is real important. Because so many times in life when we're, when we're, Walking in this world, things happen, man. Things rise up, things come up, things, you know. Okay, for instance, you know, I graduated in 1979, and at that point, there was no cell phones. Okay, I don't know when cell phones came out. I don't know when they had bag phones, and those were the first ones, those big bag phones, y'all remember those? Uh, I don't know what, what year those things came out, but I didn't have a cell phone, but we had CBs, CB radios. I've been wanting to get a CB just to... Just to just to be a redneck again, you know, biggest whip antenna I could find with a coon tail on top of it. So anyway, uh, where was I going with this? Okay, we didn't have cell phones, so nobody ever had to worry about getting cancer from a cell phone. You follow me? Because you didn't have a cell phone. If somebody would have said, come to me in 1979 and said, you know, you better be careful because if you talk on the cell phone too much, you might get cancer. Planet are you from? What are you talking about? I have a CB. You follow me? So there's times that things happen in our life that we don't even think anything about. We don't even know anything about. Life progresses, life goes on, things happen, we don't know anything about it. Right? One of the horror stories of the Civil War was that 
Most of the, the people that died in the prison camps, both Union and Confederate soldiers, died because they didn't know where they should have dug the latrines. Seriously. They didn't know anything about that. They didn't dig latrines in the proper places and that water washed in and most people got typhoid and cholera and whatever else and died. All because they didn't know where to dig the latrine. Right? Okay. Point I'm trying to say here is that so many times you have to have light arise in darkness. You don't know what the answer is. You've not experienced it. You've not, you, you hadn't dealt with this. You have to have light arise in the darkness. When you're standing on the rock, whenever darkness happens, don't worry, light's coming. So, you, you know, it just comes. Light comes in the darkness. You can't be in a place that's not going to be darkness ever come because we live in a fallen world and we've got all kinds of issues and things going on. So whenever there's a problem, whoop, light. Light gets turned on and we know what to do. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man deals graciously and he lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall never be shaken. Man, never be shaken. Let me back up just a little bit. You know, one of the things I love about the rock is God's righteous. I love that. I love that about the gospel. I love that about Jesus. I love that he's righteous. I love that when we get to heaven, it's all going to be fair. There's going to be no unjust judge. There's not going to be any, any shenanigans go in. There's not going to be anything looking around saying, what? That I can't believe that. And we got so much unrighteousness in the world today. So many lying politicians and lying stuff going on. And you just, you know, it, it's just, you're just like, what? I'm glad God's righteous. I'm glad my rock is righteous. I'm glad to know that, that man, so I can't wait for Jesus to come back. Because I just can't stand unrighteousness. I can't stand unjust judges. I can't stand that stuff. It makes me crazy. But I'm glad to know that God is righteous. My rock is righteous. My rock is going to be right. Okay? <clears throat> Seven, he will not be afraid of evil tidings, for his heart's steadfast. He's not going to, when, when, when the enemy comes in and says the evil tiding, he's not going to be shaken. He's not going to be stirred because why? He's standing on the rock. The rock. Get, listen to me. Uh, you know, Iran says they're going to produce as much nu uh, nuclear, refine as much nuclear stuff that they needed to make an atom bomb, right? God's not up there wringing his hands saying, oh, 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 we can't let the Iranians get their hands on a nuclear bomb. He's not worried. He's not shaken from evil tidings. It doesn't come to him and there's nothing that surprises him. He doesn't come to him and, and he says, oh my gosh, I didn't see that coming. Right? He's not worried about it. I know that, you know, like, when all the things started with like Y2K originally started, you know, and then it was all the, you know, doomsday preppers and all this kind of stuff. I, there's a real, uh, real problem with being a doomsday prepper, okay? I believe out here in the country that we need to have can, you need to have some food, right? Because you all know how far we are from the grocery store, and so you better have something, right? You better be prepared when the electricity goes off or this or that or the other takes place or, you know, whatever. But to dig you a hole and get all your food in there and get all that prepared to do all that, you know, I, there, there's a problem with it, all right? Because the problem's going to be uh, when 
someone comes knocking on your door, you're going to share. Right? You can't, you can't go. So, but I know that I can get in my head, I can get kind of freaked out. I'm the kind of person I like to be prepared. I, I just, I like to be prepared. I like to not, I don't like sudden, unexpected things. It's the way I am. I have to go to San Antonio tomorrow for just nothing. I just have to go do some things, some errands, but I've already been preparing today to go to San Antonio tomorrow. I want to make sure I've got this and that and the other and everything like that. But you start talking about doomsday preppers, then I'm like, oh my gosh, do I have enough guns? Do I have enough shells? Do I have the parts to fix the guns if the gun, the gun breaks? And then what if they have this and then I need that and that, that got this, I want that, and if they got this, I can go with that. And then I'm down to bazookas and anti-tank guns and you know, then I just keep going up and I just keep getting bigger and then I need grenades and, you know, and all kinds of stuff, right? And when everybody else is just buying 22 shells, I was like, where do you buy grenades? Can we get grenades? I want grenades. I don't want 22 shells. Everybody's going crazy buying 22 shells. I'm like, what are you buying 22 shells for? You know? I mean, I want, I want something big. I ain't going to jump out of the 22. <laughs> and what, are we gonna, what do we have around here to shoot and eat besides a deer? Right? I'm not going to shoot something with the 22 that I'm going to eat. I want a bigger gun. I'm sorry. That's just me. What I'm, what I'm trying to get here is that I'm getting off, <laughs> way off. <clears throat> but what I'm saying is he will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. So we can't be doomsday preppers in the sense of our lives. We've got to be standing on the rocks saying, Lord, you're going to take care of whatever's coming. Whatever comes, you're going to take care of it. The preparation I need to do to do for the doomsday is to have my heart steadfast in the Lord. His heart is established, he will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. He is dispersed abroad, he's given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Listen to that. This guy right here who stands on the rock is a giver. He's a blessing. He's, he's dispersing his wisdom. He's dispersing his finances. He's dispersing everything he's got because he's founded on the rock. His horn will be exalted with honor. Now, I've been reading that, and it really doesn't, I mean, his horn will be exalted with honor. I mean, horn, like a steer horn or a honking horn. What kind of horn? And so I looked it up. And so what it really means, it really means what's going ha- what, what, what's to carry on because of you after you're gone. That's the best way I can explain it. It means strength, but it actually means your influence, your whatever that you've done in life that's going to have an influence that's going to perpetuate own for generations to come because of what you've done. There you go. Your legacy. And it's not just, oh, yeah, I remember so-and-so. You know, he did something good. No, it's that it continues to influence people. His horn will be exalted with honor. Now look at this. The wicked will see it and be grieved. He will gnash it his teeth, and melt away. 
So the wicked, just you're standing on the rock, and the wicked see what's going on in your life, and they just are gritting their teeth, and then they just melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. This is the person who stands on the rock. So I don't know about y'all, but you know, to me, after reading that and looking at it in that light, I mean, I, that's really where Psalms 112 is the kind of person I want to be, right? That's where I want to live, right there. I want to take all those verses, those 10 verses, and chop them up and put them up there and say, okay, now I'm going to get these things. Couldn't see it. That's what I know. <laughs> you with me? That's the kind of life I want to live. That's like, because I do funerals all the time, I always think about headstones and what they say, you know, you go through a cemetery and you say all these things, you know, loving father, you know, whatever. And I've thought a lot about what I would want on my tombstone. It's going to be crazy. You know, I'm not going to just say people asked or something, you know, it's going to say something that when people are going to say, what? has to, because I want something that's going to perpetuate on. That's why we have tombstones in granite, right? They last forever. And you can go to cemeteries, and the ones that were done in stone, you know, they're there from hundreds of years ago, right? Because you're trying to perpetuate your legacy on. So it's, it's, it's like inerrant in, in man to want to have a legacy. But the problem is you're only going to have one that's going to be exalted if you're standing on the rock. Because why else do we have granite tombstones if they're not trying to say something forever? Amen? So I just encourage you, take this Psalms 112 and chop it all up and keep it and read it and look at it and see what the Lord's saying to you about it. And make sure you stand on the rock. Amen? Amen. Well, praise God. Well, Bill, help us tonight. Let's take up our offering. Put your hand on it. Let's pray. Lord, we declare tonight we're the most blessed people on the face of the earth. We are so blessed. We're blessed by your presence. We're blessed by being with you. But Lord, I just thank you that you're a blesser of finances. You're a blesser of businesses. You are a blesser of, of, of everything. Investments. Lord, everything. Inheritances. You're a blesser. And so we just thank you tonight that we get to honor you. We thank you for blessing our finances, blessing all these hands, Lord God, right now, blessing it all, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. The rock, our financier. Praise God. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Links in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you. And if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you. And remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.